This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday night, February 24th, 2023. I'm in my Cape Elizabeth studio and I smell like a puppy. That is the good news. Other good news is that we have a podcast tonight about the war in Ukraine and housing. And I know that's really what everyone wants to think about on Friday night. Woohoo, party down. But first, smelling like a puppy, it um, it doesn't seem like it was so long ago that I used to wear Chanel number no. five. That was my scent. When I first began working as a lawyer in Portland, I had money. Uh, my first job at the time paid like $43,000, which was a lot of money for somebody who was single. And so I could buy nice perfume and I wore it all the time. Just was sort of part of who I was. And somewhere along the way that stopped. And today it occurred to me as I was sitting on my kitchen floor, having my adorable but menacing four month old black lab puppy jump all over me while we were playing, uh, that, my, you know, my, my pajamas and my bathrobe and everything just smells like a puppy, my skin even. And I, it's not that I don't shower. I just have taken on the scent of my adorable menacing puppy. And the funny thing is that the scent is fishy. She smells like fish because the food that we give her is the food that we were sort of, we inherited from the person who, you know, whatever the breeder, so-called, not really though, a hippie from Massachusetts who had a litter of puppies and did a really good job, I might add, and decided to give all the puppies this very groovy fish food. Uh, It's like salmon is the first ingredient and then there's sweet potatoes and all this other really good natural stuff. So it's all good, but it's very fishy and it smells like fish and that's what the puppy eats. And that's in turn what I smell like because I'm basically the mother of a puppy and that means you have a puppy who's like either biting you or sitting on your lap or uh, licking you or um, you know just in constant contact with this adorable menacing dog and so that's you know that's that Um, coming to you live from Cape Elizabeth smelling like a puppy that smells like fish But the big news really is the first year anniversary of the war uh, in Ukraine and and what sort of, I don't know how that impacts me personally and what I'm doing. And it's just amazing to me that it was a year ago that Russia invaded Ukraine. I remember just feeling so passionate about the issue, uh, reaching out like I had connection with my college friends for the first time and just really feeling deeply moved by by the by the war i just uh i was glued to the to the stories not so much i'm not a tv or even radio anymore consumer of news as much as i used to be now mostly from the newspaper um the wall street journal plus the local paper plus i have subscriptions to the wall street journal i mean the new york times and the washington post and uh, boston globe Um, So I'm just a newspaper consumer. I tend to be also the internet. 
but the stories were so moving and I was so just deeply impressed and, um, I don't know, inspired by Volodymyr Zelensky and his family, he and his wife, just the story, the arc of their story is amazing. Just the, this, you know, this guy who's a comedian, um, playing a comedian who becomes a politician then actually is the president of Ukraine when Russia invades it. It's just, and, and the, and the courage that he and his countrymen have had to fight off in such ingenious ways. I mean, the reporting has been really great on how this army has just been able to use off-the-shelf commercial drones along with software that's, you know, really made for totally different applications to... Uh, not only defend against, but go on the offensive against one of the superpowers in today's in today's world. It's just been a stunning turn of geopolitical events that has just captured my attention in a way, uh, you know, that I never thought could happen because I always, in my mind, felt that the drama around World War II was just so... Um, profound uh that you know i've just I, I can't get enough of world war ii stories i love learning more and more about it and i'm so tortured by the thought of what happened but at the same time it felt like it was a really important very close you know i obviously wasn't alive during world war ii i'm old but i'm not that old but i, I just felt like that was kind of like that was it that was going to be the the um the goalpost to in a certain extent in my lifetime but it turns out I'm wrong because now we have this conventional war that's taking place and it's like so stark a difference but there's no question who is good who is bad now the bad guys are like all ganging up all the players that I hate like the governments of not the people of the governments of China North Korea Iran Syria all the thugs uh against the West and Joe Biden, okay, I don't care what your political stripes are, our president has done a, you know, a, a terrific job. I mean, bravo, Mr. President. He has rallied the West in an, un, an a stunning, um, I think, display of leadership. I mean, Sweden and Finland, I mean, come on, they, they, the, uh, you know, stubborn neutralists are now like they can't sign up for NATO fast enough. Everyone wants to join NATO. NATO is the new black. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know if it was two years ago that the French president, Emmanuel Macron, said that like NATO is brain dead. Well, NATO is is cool, okay? Like the cool kids now are in NATO, and that is thanks to our president. So I just think, what a remarkable year it has been on the national stage, and I, I, I hope that the country, I'm pleased that the stalwart Republicans that so many people hate, but I don't mind. Um, in fact, I, Mitch McConnell, you know, whatever you think about, some people can't forgive Mitch McConnell for the comment he made about Barack Obama. Uh, when Barack Obama was elected, Mitch McConnell said that he would do anything in his power to prevent a second term. And there's a lot of people who just, for some reason, that just 
they can't move beyond that but I I can move beyond that and I think Mitch McConnell is a um, a very effective and um, principled Republican who is um, I don't know and when it comes to providing Ukraine with the support that it needs to defend democracy in the interests of not only the Ukrainian people but just the free world Mitch McConnell is on the same page as Joe Biden so I'm I'm happy about that. So uh, nationally, it's been just fascinating. And it just brings, though, I think, to bear what we could do locally, not just as a state in Maine. I mean, we've been talking a lot about housing, so now I'm going to switch. I'm going to pivot and talk about Maine and Cape Elizabeth in particular. I mean, the state passed this big law, LD 2003. All the towns are trying to figure out how to comply or fight it. Um I don't want to talk about that. We can talk about that another time. We've already talked about it. Um, but what we um, what we could do, uh, since the state says that it, it not only wants to create opportunities for affordable housing, but be a beacon for hardworking, you know, legal immigrants who are looking for a place to set down roots and and raise their families and and work in our communities because we need workers and so you know cape elizabeth has an opportunity to do some housing and what i'm hoping that this one year anniversary of the ukrainian war and the state's continued uh cheerleading for not only welcoming newcomers but assisting in creating communities for affordable housing that locally in Cape Elizabeth that we can put our money where our mouth is and and actually do something and do community housing and so that's why I'm excited that this week uh, you know running alongside the housing diversity committee is my effort to just keep working on community housing I mean, I've been working on it before the committee was started and I'm going to keep working on it and I'm pleased that at the Housing Diversity Committee meeting that's scheduled for Monday night, February 27th at 6.30 in the Town Council Chambers, which I assume will also be televised on Cape Elizabeth Public Television. They're going to have a meeting, and what I'm happy about is that it appears on the agenda that one of the attachments that's going to be discussed is a map of the boundaries of what's called now the Gulf Crest Parcel. And what the reason why I'm happy about that is because, as many of you know, community housing is an idea to create affordable housing and neighborhood, uh, you know, small or moderate or whatever, however big we want it, but create a neighborhood of affordable housing on land that we own that was left to us by Thomas Jordan for the purpose of helping people. And it's right across the Spurwink River from Colonial Village, which is a neighborhood of affordable housing that a lot of people agree is is what works in our community and what we would just feel really comfortable with just doing again, <laughs> you know, instead of like having some big complicated, tortured um, process to figure out what else we could do, we could at least in the meantime, do something that we all agree is is pretty good. And so the idea of community housing is to develop affordable housing on this town-owned land and uh, the meeting Monday 
for the diversity committee includes a map of Gullcrest, which is the location of where community housing would be. And so my plan is to attend the meeting and uh, pass out like a map that shows, it's a great map that the, pl the planning office of Cape Elizabeth is to be credited for so many good maps. I love maps and we have a lot of good ones. So that, um, whether it's the planner or whoever's responsible, thank you very much. They're the very, very good maps. The map I'm looking at now is the town of Cape Elizabeth 2020 Greenbelt Trails map. So I'm going to present that to the committee. They might already have it, but I just want the record to show or the public to know that this map shows in blue the lot roughly uh, that we're talking about and it also shows uh where the um where the trails are so people can find you know see for for themselves exactly where on the landscape we're talking about <laughs> so because i think if we can envision where this housing will be what it'll look like you know and if we put out an rfp for what it'll cost and we come together as a community and decide that we want to have certain things like a playground that i a community garden um a basketball court i don't know whatever uh whatever the community decides we think our affordable housing should look like in this town um you know we can just see if it can fit on this land that we have and and just keep just moving forward and, and, and not let the noise and the buzz and all the other issues that are happening around housing, okay? It, like we don't have to get through the entire LD 2003 process before we do anything. We don't have to have the housing committee produce a final report before we do anything. We can just keep working on a small little project that could have huge ramifications, not only just for us as a community coming together and doing something positive and innovative and leading, like I think we all believe we can do um, on this issue because of our commitment to values and family values and having um, a connection to the environment and so this is a good opportunity just, I think, for, for in a lot of ways. So what my hope is Monday night, um, I'm going to announce a site walk for March 18th at 9, no, I guess, yeah, 9 a.m. And present maps, um, be real quick, and then, you know, fingers crossed that uh, a few people are interested and that the housing community at least considers this idea in, in its basket of other ideas and whatever gives it gives it a, a, a look and and weighs the benefits and costs like some of the other things that are on the table because as I believe th you know the costs will be markedly different if there's not a need to purchase land in Cape Elizabeth because land in Cape Elizabeth is very expensive and so because we own the land, we could do something that's really creative. We could have a community of housing that's owned by a cooperative that provides people, families, with the opportunity to have an equity interest. And that just means, you know, if they buy a house that's for an affordable price and they take good care of it and they want to sell it, then they 
and, and they can sell it for more than what they bought it for because of their good care and investment, then they should share in that profit and the community could share in it as well. So we could have a really nice model of kind of a feeder system for our families in our town. So, um, so let's, you know, let's, uh, let's be inspired by the, the courage and the bravery of the people of Ukraine who have been fighting the Russians, you know, for a year to just not be bombed. And, and, and so it shouldn't take us like five years to do just something simple, like creating a little bit of housing. So, um, I'm excited. I'm going to keep, uh, keep working at it and, uh, I hope you'll keep up and that's it for tonight. Thanks for, thanks for joining. And until next time, this is Cynthia Dill signing off